Today's chat is brought to you by the support of our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with a weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. Remember, if you're an Amazon Prime member, that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribed, Thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 136 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on June 29th over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at exos. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show with us tonight. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. We also have the man who, has been said, has the voice of a flower, an individual who goes by many different names, Just Insane 0516. What guys do you have on for us tonight, Justin? I am not prepared. <laughs> that's a really long name. It's like name. two weeks in a row. Like, like, what's that's, wrong with that's that? It's a really Whoa, long name. Hang on. <laughs> no, 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 no. This one, this one right here is from last week. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was prepared last week. I had a name. Yeah, but you have to think about it for a little while. I remember oh. the show. I was there. I understand so, how it so, went. So. So How about, what, here, I got what one. I'm getting from you is your outlawing thought. No, <laughs> no. Here's what I'm thinking. I think your name should just be thumbs up because of the ending to Terminator 2. Mm. I was going to be Brian She 44, but I don't know now. <laughs> You're welcome. Saying, you can I'm be glad Texo. You, you, yeah. Oh, ow. Ow. <laughs> ow. Ow. Okay, like, I understand dad jokes and everything, but green, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag green jokes. Just just in case anyone listening to the actual podcast is really confused right now. I I usually have a name that's displayed in in our Discord server. For whatever show we're doing, that's a play on the on the title. But I spent way too much time reliving my childhood in the thirty minutes leading up to showtime. And you can thank Green Eyed Music Lover for that. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. also, 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 hot dogs are hot dogs. They're oh, not God. sandwiches. For more on this, listen to Top Three by FFC. <laughs> I think that episode's coming out, not next week, but the week after. Or just uh, take a hot dog out, yeah. out into the world with you and say, hey, want a sandwich? And hand it to people. See their face. <laughs> That's going to get real awkward real fast. Just, no, 
Next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only Green Eye music lover. Green, I, I know that you're actually doing well. How has the week treated you so far? It ended on a high note, a real high note. Um, oh, really? What yeah. happened, Green? Oh, you're going to give we're going to talk about this now. I mean, we could introduce Beard first. Let's introduce Beard first before we get into what happened today. Okay, okay. Well, real quick. Um, we- <laughs> you know what happened to it. Next right. up. <laughs> I don't know what end is up right now, okay? Hey, like, but you have food, so that's all that matters. So- I had food. It's all gone. <laughs> it's all gone now. Well, rounding out the usual team, we have the grizzly bearded cultivator of Spinfoil himself, Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing tonight? Well, I guess we, we already know talked you, about. Yeah, we this. already talked yes, about. This. We already talked about this blue. We already talked about this. Stop being such a robot. Good grief! It's <laughs> like you're an EXO or something. God, God, freaking! Were you built by Clovis Spray too? Is that what I have to go over here at this point? We are legion. Um, so going going back to a green real quick. Um, green, you want to talk about? I guess we we usually. Like I actually have this in the show notes as a segment, but we don't really ever have a reason to bring it out. Um, but we do have a kind of a, I guess this would kind of be a special announcement, though. It's more of a an update on current events in lore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's been hints dropped by a certain writer at Bungie fairly regularly, and it kind of took a different turn today about there being something in the Curse of Osiris lore tabs that we had missed that's been staring us in the face since Curse of Osiris came out. And frankly, I kind of got in midway through when this whole thing started. Um, Our Discord chat picked up on it sometime this mid-morning this morning, and I just happened to pop in there in our Spinfoil chat, and they were discussing it. And I saw some of the, the hints that were given. and. What ended up happening is I ended up finding this mystery card and I guess you could say decoding it, even though it's not really any sort of code. It's just, it's right there staring you in the face. Anyway, I found the secret message that is in the Telesto lore entry update or like lore tab, if you're going to call it that, that basically if you look at the section where it says message starts to where it says message ends, all the words in between those two create a sort of secret message that the first letter of each of the words makes a message. And I don't have it up because I have my stuff up for ask FFC. So give me 30 seconds to find my own tweet. And open. Um, It says, Pro untrustworthy desires power. So it's the secret message from um, this is from Paladin, Paladin Kamala to Petrovenge. And she put a secret message in there for Petra to say, don't trust the crow or don't trust mm. crow because he desires power. So that's been a whole fun thing. And it got, it got certified and verified by multiple bungee writers I've had a few Bungie writers retweet it, which is really cool. I heart Jill Shar. Just, mm-hmm. just she's she's like my spirit animal via via writer. Um, but yeah, that's the cool news that happened today. Cool thing that happened today. And 
my Twitter feed has not been the same since Beard, Bife, and Mylan and a bunch of the different ones tweeted it out. It's like, oh, crap. Anyway. Um, Rip your inbox. Else, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Like, I'd go wait for five minutes. Bife, yeah, talk to Justin about that. Oh, my God. I was gone five minutes, and I had 250 messages. I was like, shh. Mother. At least it was business hours. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. For us, at least. Yeah. I gotta say, now you know how I feel on a daily basis. We put it that way. Oh. It's tough yeah. being bread. Yes, yes, except oh now I'm toast. <laughs> and he gave and he gave me a wry smile. <laughs> mm. Well, so I mean, well, yeah. Can we that, turn the show yeah. around? <laughs> can we please? turn the show around? Uh, no, I, I really, I think that was a really cool development to kind of just watch unfold in between the the insanity that I was going through today. Um, but last week we actually did have a question. Um, it was what? Oh my gosh, I just blanked on it. Green, I I know I asked you, and I just blanked on it again. What kind what of memories? Kind of memories? Yeah, yeah, what kind of memories do exos have? And so I'm sure there were there were some super serious answers, right? Hmm. <laughs> One second. Um, sorry. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I was trying to answer she's something answering, in chat. She's answering more questions about uh, yeah. the thing that she figured uh, out. Well, okay. And she's the super other thing proud is, of herself. I'm, yeah, I am because I didn't have time to dig into anything. I am. Proud Gosh, of Green. Jesus, Beard. Give me a second. Um. <laughs> I okay so in full disclosure I was not the only one to figure it out Cal 9 also figured it out one minute after I did so everyone note though Cal 9 was also the one that one had the the uh the wizardly status last week yes yeah. world second <laughs> second <laughs> anyway but yeah so what just- kind of frankly tells you about like scholarly debate and everything like that quite frankly it isn't about who's there first it's just about like figuring out the information like let's be clear about that for a second let's yes yes that was completely tongue-in-cheek yeah like it it's uh, as 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 i have made abundantly clear i don't care who has covered a topic first off if you have something unique to bring to the table to it uh or you're able to spread the word on something otherwise do it you you have no reason not to, especially if it's going to be something that's going to be like bringing something really cool to the table. Uh, mm. There's no reason not to share it, like at all. This oh, yeah. this message actually opens up some stuff about Forsaken that I had already been like thinking in the back of my mind was going to be there. It just confirms it, and I cannot wait to talk about that stuff. But it just confirms it. It does. It's exciting. It mm-hmm. is. It is very exciting, and. Props to Cal for figuring it out. Like, if you look in both, um, it was Destiny's Ghost Stories Discord where Cal posted his, and I posted mine in our Discord under Game Spoilers. They're a minute apart. It yeah. was simultaneous, and I'm I'm sorry for cussing, but that it was really, mm-hmm. really simultaneously happening, which is amazing. And not only were FFC and Destiny Ghost Stories working on it. Beard's channel was working on it. Ishtar Collective was working on it. We had most of the community who was around this morning was actually working on it. Yeah. Trying to keep it as quiet as need be for 
you know, just just the sake that it is just one of those like mm-hmm. cool things, you know. It, it's mm-hmm. one of those like ludicrous things. Is like here's a writer that's telling you some stuff about what you should be looking for, and of course you're just like, well, what do I what do I look for now? I'm now I'm confused. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just when when stuff like I, I I said this once about this community before when we had this stuff from like Chris Barrett, if you guys remember that a couple months back before mm-hmm. uh, Warmind was launched, uh, we had those tweets that he was sending out. The fact that everybody jumped on board the way they did uh, and started thinking about stuff and started to like decoding messages, going through different hash scripts, this, that, and the other thing. Like, I I cannot say enough that this community is better together than it is apart. And it is probably one of the best things about this community. Uh, it's just a simple fact that we will figure things out together and try to, you know, not we're not we're not here to one up each other, regardless of what everybody want, might want to think. It's just a matter of figuring out information that is on a whole, just figuring out this puzzle that is Destiny's lore. But back to question of the week. Sorry, yeah. a little bit of divergence that's happening. What kind of memories does an EXO have? So I asked for both serious answers and funny answers for this one because, you know, why not? Um, there were some really good, well-thought-out answers about coming from a human mind. They would have memories similar to humans, but with a new body comes with new senses, new pains, and new pleasures that may interpret stimuli. Um, yeah, interpret stimuli different than their human body from the weapon one-on-one synthesis or synthicate. I knew an exo could taste velocity said his favorite flavor was one kilometer per second another flavor text alludes to this exo experience synesthesia which is actually one of my favorite topics from when i learned in college which causes one sense feeling to be triggered by some other sense so Mm -hmm. a very common one is for musicians to see colors when they're listening to a piece of music the sense of um listening hearing triggers the sight, the possible sight thing. Um, yeah, it, it that's actually from Cal9. Mm-hmm. Very well thought out answer from Cal, who's been kind of the hot, hot topic lore guy this week. <laughs> uh, as far as a funny thing, there are some things I cannot say on this, on this show <laughs> that came up. Something about your mom. Um, Whoa. Yeah. But, well, that doesn't surprise me. What? Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. <laughs> uh, There's something about Bender as well that showed up. Hmm. If you like Futurama. And then my favorite, what kind of memories do Exos have? Solid state. <laughs> I love that it's one. Like, it's like, well done, sir. Well done, <laughs> Josh Neasel. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that one. And that was really good. I'll that was really that good. One. It took me a second to even get that, because like, what? Oh! I don't work on computers. Anyway. Oh, man. Yeah. So, what about next week's question of the week? Um, Do you want to do a question of the week for next week, since it's going to be the extra lore episode? It's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do a poll for this one? Get a little dangerous? 
I mean, I already tried to kill you with Halsey, and that didn't really work, so. Well, I mean, yeah. Your Twitter, pretty, your Twitter feed where it was pretty docile. They're pretty, they're pretty, I don't know, we'll see. Star Wars fans can be pretty rabid. <laughs> really? It's not like they chase someone off Instagram. Oh, mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> if there's a question of the week, you'll see it pop up on my Twitter. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to figure one out. We're not, we're not so quick on other, other series lore. Yeah. But yeah, so. Oh man! All right. Well, as always, yeah. Like Green said, keep an eye out on Twitter for that question when we get that one up. And I know everyone is definitely looking forward to diving into this discussion. So we're going to run through our standard intro notes, and then we'll get right into it. In our last episode of Focus Fire Chat, we discussed Aries One. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out FocusedFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focused Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful, as they not only let us know what to do better, but help us stay on the charts, which helps others find our amazing community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering, where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found in our show notes or on our website. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, please be sure to check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content covering a number of different titles and mediums. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on our extra lore topic for June, Star Wars. Note that there will not be a poll this weekend due to Guardian Con 2018. With all this being said... Here's Green with a high-level summary of tonight's topic. I'm a soldier. I was forged by other hands and forced into the role of warrior. According to my scars, I fought and fought. Besides bits and flashes, every battle has been forgotten. But I have this clear, awful sense that others died. In my unit, every soldier was killed except for me. Yet despite a thousand chances to be shredded and scrapped, here I stood, no weapon in my hands, making fist out of habit, but with nothing to hit. Now I have new wars to fight. Sure, the Cabal and Fallen take up most of my time, but my greatest battle is not fought with paracausal powers. Do you ever wonder who you were before? Do you ever look at yourself and say this second birth is less of a desperate chance at redemption and more of a curse? I don't desire to know who I was before my second self. I know that's weird, but I want to know what kind of person would impart so much influence on who I was that they convinced me to sell myself to be part of whatever cause. Or was it much more simple than that? I am human. Well, at least my origins are. No, that's not right. 
Well, I mean, it's right, but that doesn't... It doesn't feel as big as it actually is. I guess it's easiest to say I was, but in many ways, still am human. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about Exos, however, let's have a quick chat about this week's Lost Lore. Okay, so I think that the easiest way to kind of segue in between Lost Lore and this week's topic, uh, we kind of were talking about this pre-show with the uh, live chat. Um, I kind of want to go through a brief history on the concept of what's called the positronic brain. Uh, Anyone who has been or who anyone who is a fan of the sci-fi, you know, genre probably has heard of this term. But I don't know how many people actually know like the actual um, the history of it, and it, it's a very interesting history. So to kind of kind of pull back a little bit and talk about a, a a concept that exists outside of the game of Destiny and and more in just general science fiction, um, a positronic brain is basically a fictional technological device that was actually originally conceived by Isaac Asimov, who was a science fiction writer. Uh, It functions as a central processing unit for robots and in some unspecified way provides them with a form of consciousness recognizable to humans. So when Asimov actually wrote his first series about robots in 19, it was about 1939, 1940, the positron, which is a also known as the anti-electron, is basically the antiparticle or the antimatter counterpart of the electron. Uh, they can be generated by radiation or radioactive decay emission through weak interactions or by pair production from a sufficiently energetic photon, which is interacting with an atom and a material. So they had just been discovered. This was a newly discovered particle. And so the buzzword positronic actually added what, what many writers would call a contemporary gloss of popular science to the concept. Uh, you see this in the short story Runaround, where Asimov elaborates on the concept and then also kind of introduces the idea of the three laws of robotics. So the thing to remember about a positronic brain is that it can't be ordinarily be built or it cannot ordinarily be built without incorporating the three laws. Any modification thereof would drastically modify the robot behavior and behavioral dilemmas resulting from conflicting potentials set by inexperienced and or malicious users of the robot for the three laws make up the bulk of the stories that we see from Asimov that concerned robots. Asimov actually remained pretty vague about the technical details of the positronic brain, uh, which for obvious reasons, because it was a made-up concept, uh, except to assert that their substructure was formed from an alloy of plat- it's called platinum, plat- platinum and iridium. Uh, they were said to be vulnerable to radiation and apparently involved a type of volatile memory, uh, and this is mostly because robots in storage required a power source to keep their brains alive, which is even today you see that quite, quite frequently with androids uh, portrayal in science fiction. Uh, the focus of Asimov's story was actually directed more towards the software 
uh, such as, again, the three laws, than the hardware in which it was implemented. Uh, and it is stated in his stories that basically to create a positronic brain without the three laws, it would have been necessary to spend years redesigning the fundamental approach towards the brain itself, which actually I want you to keep in mind because in other in later iterations of cyborg and uh, android technology and science fiction, that is actually something that gets explored. Um, and mostly the reason that gets explored is because the three laws were also really a really big bottleneck in what was called brain sophistication. So basically, the reason why is very complex brains are designed to handle world economy and uh, in, in would interpret the first law in expanded sense to include uh, humanity as opposed to a single human. Uh, and so this is where we later see in, cons- in uh, works from Asimov, such as Robots and Empire, uh, the introduction of the zeroth law, uh, which we kind of talked about. I think we talked about the three laws of robotics the last EXO episode. So at least one brain constructed as a calculating machine as opposed to being a robot control circuit was designed to have a flexible childlike personality so that it was able to pursue difficult problems without the three laws inhibiting it completely. And then you would have specialized brains creating an overseeing world economics that were stated to have no personality at all. And this was kind of the way that Asimov kind of dodged the bullet and uh, got around that bottleneck for the three laws. So there there was also under specific conditions, again, since Asimov explored software more than hardware, he did allow for specific conditions within his science fiction you know, universe in which the three laws can be obviated uh, with obviously a modification to the actual robotic design. So. And I kind of mentioned this for, or earlier is there are there is a, this is this has a very big impact on um in science fiction in general. And so to kind of give you an idea, some other references to positronic brains specifically, you see that it's in Doctor Who. You see this in Star Trek, uh, The Avengers, the Marvel series, uh, iRobot, the 2004 movie, uh, Spectre Man, uh, your Mystery Science Theater 3000, Buck Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that? Nothing. <laughs> Uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th century, uh, Bicentennial Man, and then uh, Perry Roden, which is actually a German sci-fi series that was started in 1961. Um, and so other authors and you know content creators or creators in general have built on this idea, many of which to look to escape the confines of the three laws. Uh, you see this predominantly in the Star Trek universe, as well as later development in different terminology to describe a similar phenomena in the development of robotics. So... Sorry, uh, in the university of De- and in the universe of destiny, we see this development in the vein of ingram technology, a way of storing data that surpasses anything that we know in today's world. And this is where right. we see the uh, the introduction of the what quote quote slippery irreality of light comes into the picture, and where potentially we can see an explanation of why risen exos might have a different experience in regards to their memory, because of the basis of how they created what was basically referred to as the exo brain within the ghost scan of the core terminus um, concierge AI. The, th- the cool thing about this is, and this is kind of where I, I had tweeted out earlier today, the, the cool thing is, is in today's world, there is quite a significant amount of research into what's called the, the storage capability of the brain. Um, and if you've listened to a couple of our shows like way back, you'll know that we've talked about memory storage units being considered engrams. This is actually a terminology for neurobiology that is actually used. Um, 
the the cool thing about the human brain is that your brain as a general rule is made up of about approximately 100 billion neurons Mm -hmm. that means that there is an estimated capacity to be somewhere between anywhere from 10 to 100 terabytes though actually if you take into consideration the full spectrum of neurobiology that is actually more along the lines of one terabyte to something called 2.5 petabytes to kind of put this in scope one terabyte is 1000 gigabytes 1000 gigabytes is obviously 1 million megabytes one petabyte is 1000 terabytes so your brain is able to store roughly the amount of information that can be found in 4.7 billion books now The reason why that your brain is able to store this much information is actually not because of the number of neurons, but because of the way that the information is stored. Uh, Human brain actually stores information in a very unique way that's a stacked, stacked manner. So even though we only have 100 billion neurons, which is a good number, but there are actually creatures out there that have a little more, more neurons, we uh, compress and store the data in a much more organized and much more um, uh, efficient manner, which allows us to actually not only store that information, but recover it. Now, that being said, it is possible to overload your brain. Uh, anyone who has done a study session and crammed for you know school knows that this is the case. So, it is possible to overload your brain with too much information. This is why we need to take the time to process, uh, make sure that we collect the information and analyze the content to make sure that our brain in its own unique fashion has been able to store that information in a way. Um, And so you see a lot of this coming out of what uh, there's a place called the Salk Institute and their research is really what's kind of leading or was leading the charge a, a year or so ago. I don't, I'm pretty sure they're still up in the cutting edge area. But uh, an individual there named Paul Reber went on to say that it's almost impossible to quantify the amount of information in the human brain, in part because it consists of so much more information than we're consciously aware of. Not only facts and faces and measurable skills, but basic functions like how to speak and move and higher order ones like how to feel and express emotions. And then he went on to say that we still don't really know how to scale up from computing synaptic strength to mapping out these complex processes. And I'm going to use that as a segue to kind of introduce us back into the concept of exoscience, because it's through it's through the discovery of engrams that we actually kind of see this this bridge, this, this synaptic bridge, ironically, um, created within the Clovis Bray exoscience division, because it's because of the way that they can store information within the engram that it allows them to create the equivalent of a positronic brain. Now, What I would argue, you know, kind of going into a more argument stage here is I'm curious if the exos are bound by any laws of robotics, because the thing with the positronic brain is that it's programmable. This spins, this kind of gets into the question of do exos have programmed memories? Do they have false memories? Do they have, you know, or or is an exo brain an exact just simply replica of a human brain or is it been modified to be certain you know more efficient in a certain manner or you know way and that's kind of where i know beard will probably jump in with some of the the darker theories of you know clovis bray and the the connections and possible ramifications of that type of 
that type of thing. But that is, in a nutshell, a quick history of the concept of a positronic brain. So I don't know, Green, do you want to kind of jump in and kind of explain what a basic summary of some of the new information about exos or maybe a refresher on what an exo is? If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have seen an exo at least. Right. Well, that's that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I guess in the lore, what is what is an exo? Where do where do we get exos explained in the lore, I guess? Like where we do, do they have come from? We do have cards from Vanilla Destiny 1 about exos. Basically, they were kind of dark back in X Destiny 1 because it it presents this idea of these machines that are built for war but they don't know their purpose now like they they assume that they were built for war they're not sure if they're human but they have human like aspects or like feel think quote unquote feel things kind of like a human does and they are just a playable race in destiny you know that most people know that they exos See, okay, I kind of disagree with your note that you put in the the thing saying that they're from Earth. Yeah, I should you have said they're... where they're from, humanity. Uh, yes, because I yeah I put that in there, and I was I was not meaning like Earth proper. I was thinking mm-hmm. uh, the order in which we're introduced, like the the historical order of introduction of races into the universe. Is that wordy enough? Can I make that any more confusing <laughs> of a statement? They are. I mean, they. If you're going to speak as humans are the original origin of everything else beyond that, then exos were created. Then after exos awoken were right. That's kind of where I was. Yeah, yeah. Created. That's a that's a perfect tone for awoken's creation process because we don't really have Uh confirmation on that. But yeah, that's actually where I I realized as soon as you as soon as you clicked on your cursor went down. I was like, "Uh, that's probably not as clear as I thought it was. But uh, they were invented during the Golden Age, and there are survivors of the Collapse in the Dark Ages. Now, do we have examples of Exos not being Guardians? Fellwinter. Ashraven was a Lord of Iron that was an Exo. Fellwinter, obviously, was an Exo. What about um, Gaunt and Banshee? Is Banshee technically a guardian? Banshee, I would argue Banshee is not a guardian because simply fact, I think the commonality that I've kind of come to, this is all my assumption. I, I will be completely honest. As far as we know, Banshee is not a guardian. Um, I think that the other thing that kind of aligns with that assumption is the fact that every single vendor that we have access to is not a guardian. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, is well, is me? I, I always cannot remember. Is Tess a guardian or is no. Tess just an awoken? Tess is just an She's awoken, just right? An awoken. Okay. She's a snippy yeah. awoken. Yeah. I know. Uh, I know. Hey, Claudia Black is an amazing individual. Okay. She, she's um, more like needs to get thrown off the tower awoken. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. That personalities of the characters aside. Um, never know. Never know where that Finchurch may be. I think those lines are hilarious. Anyway. There's one that we haven't mentioned that is got some recent developments herself, the Exo Stranger, mm-hmm. who is not a guardian that we can That's tell. That's true. Yes. 
Yeah, well, and, and that's according to her as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, as far as Guardians slash people that we know most commonly, obviously Cade 6, uh, Shiro, Rip. Shiro 4, yeah. <sighs> Pour a drink out for that guy. Um, Ariana 3. Mm-hmm. Take 3. Take 3, yeah. Take 3, yeah. I mean... There's another, in, another cry on that. Yeah, one. I know that's um, it. But those are the most common ones that we knew from D one. Quite a few of them have crossed over to to D two, which is nice. Mm-hmm. The one line that everyone gets stuck on the most when it comes to exos, which I think is fun, was it a search for immortality? I think somebody wanted to try to live forever. I think is the end of exo two. Yes, Ghost Fragment XO2. Yeah. But, and I think this kind of, the reason I kind of put that in there is because, you know, Beard and I's recent conversation about Clovis Bray and the exo mm-hmm. diseases and stuff like that potentially, call, mm-hmm. be potentially introducing a, I don't want to call it a non-insidious reason, but like maybe not, maybe not such a black and white reason. Uh, An you know, Shamalama down reason. Oh, don't get me started. Split mm-hmm. or uh, what is it? Glass is coming out. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to back to destiny. How altered carbon of you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah, that that was kind of the the question that I think is still really kind of up in the air. Is like what what exactly was the cause that that led to the concept of exoscience even being you know, even being brought to the table. I mean, it could have been something as simple as, hey, this would be cool. Or, you know, was it something more like, hey, you know, our family is dying because of the hive festering carcasses that we decided to build a big base on top of and steal their technology from. Um, The thing that we've been led to believe part of this time is that they were created as an army mm -hmm. fight because any I, and you do see that with like the the evolution well, of frames, mm-hmm. yeah. But they're they're tools in the beginning. That's how it always starts. I mean, but were they? But that's were that's they? the question. Yeah. That's my question. Is the frames? Oh, the frames. I un I will unequivocally agree with you. Like the frames were totally tools. But but, but exo that can it, be taken so many different ways. I is, realized as soon as I said the that. Frame, but not mm-hmm. the predecessor. Is the frame not the predecessor of the exo? I mean, like first well, but you that, make that is the question, though. I think that is and the it, question. Were they? And then you and then you imbue that tool with a little bit more autonomy I and mean, a little the, bit more a little bit uh, more power. Sense and of then self each, and stuff. Each iter- each iteration becomes a little bit more a little bit less reliant on input from its creator mm-hmm. until eventually you're you're left with a skynet a self-aware well a self-aware it doesn't have to be skynet blue a self-aware what does it (laughs) sentient sentient consciousness that um which does it much much like the tree in the forest I mean, it, it will make a sound whether or not you're there to, you know, like it's right. It, right. It I is guess that aware also, of itself. That brings up another question, is, too, that I kind of am curious on your guys' thoughts. Is every exo a human? 
I was going to say, Justin, all of those thoughts supplant the idea that frames are a a predecessor to EXO in that EXOs are direct ascend mm -hmm. uh, descendants thereof. And if that is the case, that would end up indicating that we tried to shove a human consciousness into a frame. And that would also indicate that some of the frames are also mm. going to end up being human consciousness. In which case, no. oh my god, Sweeperbot is just carrying out the maid's duty. Um, no. <laughs> um, I, I mean, Delilah kind of does grow personality. Uh, um, yeah, there you I didn't actually mean that that the frames were the necessarily the the exo predecessors. What I actually meant was it w it was a progression and development. Right, is, right, right. Is, the technology uh, technology developed and stuff. Yeah. Well, well, the yeah, yeah, the the endeavor developed. Mm -hmm. You know, the it's it's the it's the evolution of the endeavor, not necessarily the evolution of the end product, which what you get is Banshee 44 cleaning the same Suros pulse rifle indefinitely mm -hmm. for years on end, never questioning it. <laughs> which is what I figured you were going with, just to kind of throw that in there real quick, but yeah, I, no. I wanted to at least clear the air in case anybody was thinking that. Yeah. I do have a couple questions to kind of tie back into this a little bit. One correction real quick, it's X01, by the way, Ghost Run. Ghost Fragment okay. XO1. It was I was going to say Fragment XO2 2. was, uh, isn't that the, the one with the Thanantonautic? Yeah, uh, that's the okay. Thanantonaut shooting himself. Oh, in the head. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fancy face laser. I, I always get them screwed up, though. They're, have, they're so easy to screw around. Yeah. I have these, the, my whiteboard, but it's behind me, so I have to, like, turn my head to look while I'm talking. That has all now these notes all I can it. Now all I can see is green with her pinky in her mouth. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. One uh -huh. million dollars. One million dollars. Yeah. Um, the exo is going back to the frames. There's a line that is related back to the exo stranger about you are not one of mine. Mm -hmm. The Platforms. prevailing theory, yeah, the prevailing theory is that the frames are Rasputin's because Rasputin is still controlling them. Are the exos also included in that bunch? Or I would are the say that, beyond that. I would say that some of them are at least included into it, but that comes back to an earlier question. Uh, are all EXO built of human intelligence, or are some of them built of computing-based intelligence only? AI. Uh, and at that point, the, the question needs to be, of course, like how far that we come, but with what we know today with like the stuff of the... Uh, of of Clovis Bray possibly utilizing the hives technology in different manners than they probably should have been. Uh, the question kind of comes down: How much of that was uh, was technology that was either backwards engineered or otherwise utilized, or was it simply used for the sake of uh, for the sake of well, we know that it's here and it works. We'll figure it out later. Uh, which I don't know any corporation that would try to do that at all. No. Um, but that being said, like I, I've I've always felt, especially after recent information, that it is more of a mix now that we have, where exos and uh, are, can actually be created as well as uh, they they are in existence in a being that was researched to become from or go from human into a robotic or AI format. Justin. Uh, no, I was just going to say that that completely makes sense because the the hunt for 
sentience and uh and the self-awareness um begins and ends with with the human brain the Mm. the human cerebral system so it makes complete sense that the first the first uh gen or the first generation of of the exos would be born of um human cerebellum but um as as in all things technological Hmm. you advance and it it just makes sense that that they would stand on the shoulders of that accomplishment and eventually develop a purely synthetic synthetically born um artificial intelligence so Hmm. to that to that you know logic i i kind of think that the the first gen exos were were born of of a human consciousness and then you know after that they they started to you know produce their own well and to tie it back to something that Deesh had said on stream back in the day about how or what uh like clovis spray uh is is related to one of those relations is the tyrell corporation mm-hmm. tyrell dealt uh almost specifically in the idea of uh robotics and whatnot but making these robots look and act human. Uh, so like the, uh, the, the Gen 5 systems that you see in Blade Runner uh, do not necessarily realize that they are uh, what they oh are. They have the ability to kind of like hide it very easily. Uh, and then you also see this look like Rachel because Rachel has no idea that she is in fact a, uh, a, a not, not a replicant. Now I can't think of the exact uh, terminology uh, for it. Uh... sorry. Yeah, no, it's not replicant. Gosh, now you yeah. have me thinking. I'm gonna say I, I I I always get it messed up with like two or three others because I'm I watch too many others too much other sci-fi. But long story short, of like the the type that they had created with the Tyrell Corporation, uh, they started to create sentient life that kind of fit into that bill. Uh, so I would at least kind of again throw that out there that that was something that Tyrell was ultimately looking to do and they succeeded in doing so uh green i know you had something i didn't mean to cut you off but i really wanted to throw that in there you're you're perfectly fine i'm actually going to push back and argue against you guys on this one what about yeah um, wait a minute that's blue and i's job stop it no (laughs) i'm in first but uh the the concept that you were talking about how exos could theoretically be not human consciousness I actually disagree with that very much. So I think frames were like we were talking about how frames were the initial development and frames were the, the the frame, the structure that they used to develop what an exo body would look like an exo. And the definition of exo, like the prefix is external. Hmm? Outside. Yeah. Outside it's external. So it's the, when I think you become an exo when a human consciousness is moved outside of the body into this other shell, essentially. I can, I can agree with that. Yeah. And the, Oh, sorry, go for it. Sorry. Go for it. I was going to say the other thing is like, it's outside the frame. Like Mm -hmm. the origin is outside frame. It can go both ways. Right. So I think the, I, for my the way I feel about the, how exos are and how we see in the exoscience rooms during that uh, lost sector slash mm-hmm. adventure, I think you kind of get into 
Mm-hmm. They the different rooms have frames in them. Granted, they are red jacks, which is also a whole whole other like a can of worms. Is like what the heck are they doing there? But um, there are frames in there in those rooms specifically that we don't actually see any rooms with quote unquote exos in there or exo bodies. We well, haven't... and in in the same, if you're going to have a a type of like military or uh, security force, you're not always going to put your best uh, best on the front lines in that regard. Or on so a tour. So that would be yeah that that would be the only reason that I think that like frames and exos could coexist in that line. If I mm-hmm. if I were to continue on with the line of thinking, but it's uh, I I don't disagree in that right. I don't think that they were. I guess what's the way that I that I more so mean it as we we needed to create an exo first in order to understand how exo work. That was right. at least the the first concept and idea, uh, and then from there you ended up having the ability to then understand more of like how this brain or uh, understand how the uh, the science and the tech would work out, and then after you end up having the capabilities to do that you're you're able to kind of you know back back configure and so on and create something that uh can then be made of it uh additionally if it is to the point that uh exos are purely computer based uh i just wonder how many of them can actually be stowed inside of a computer mm-hmm. and then how many of them can again be altered because that's the biggest idea with uh the Tyrell corporation to to tie back to that once again because i still think it fits the analogy perfectly, uh, Tyrell understood this weakness of the way that uh, their robots or sentient life would end up uh, being perceived even by themselves, and they knew that they needed to uh, build off of these ideas, so they supplanted memories from other people inside of the uh, inside of those robots. Uh, and that basically was their entire reason for not necessarily questioning everything. It was the the simple fact that, oh, well, I have these memories, I must be a human being. Uh, <laughs> and then you come to find out that that's not probably the case. Uh, so again, I think Best that's why we stand... Ever. Uh, I think that's why we stand to... Uh, because anything with computing, you know, you've got manipulation of data or anything else that can kind of exist with, uh, with data itself. Uh, but that is the unknown that we have right now. We're not entirely sure in in how uh exo minds are are fabricated or put together etc and mm-hmm. how they uh how they are then stowed after the fact is another big uh question that needs to still be answered out right. uh and additionally i would say that we know part of that because of the information of like what we know with der uh, mm-hmm. With DER and having to actually encompass or uh, program in certain subsects to an EXO, that means they are programmable. So in that right, I would still ask the very big question of how much of them is themselves and how much of them is fabricated memory. The so, only reason that Cade knows about Ace is because he has a journal. If it wasn't for that journal, if it wasn't for Shinobu uh, having that journal, then it wouldn't end up fitting into that bill quite well. And this journal is also something that is uh, predated to him as a uh, as just an as a as a guardian. It is also after he turns to being an EXO. 
So it falls back into both uh, predilections. So that's my that's my big uh, real quick. I, I, wanna, I guess you could say that's my big hang up. Real quick, no, I want to kind of go back real quick, Beard. When you said yeah. DER, for those who might not be aware of that terminology, yeah. can can you expand on that for us real quick? Uh, DER. Okay. I was going to say if you okay. Green, if you, you have to go that? ahead. Okay, so this is from the concierge uh, files from Core Terminus on Mars. It's the first one on Ishtar Collective. Mm-hmm. And it says, early experiments in exoscience managed to encode the human consciousness into a form that could be processed digitally. At the time, we believed that it was a, that the big hurdle to overcome in the creation of the exo. Little did we know that the real challenge would be the phenomenon known as disassociative exo-mind rejection rejection. Nascent proto-exos developed serious symptoms of cognitive disorder that eventually led to death. It turned out the human mind would not reconcile its presence in a new body. So yeah, it's the DER is the disassociative exomind rejection. Basically not being able to reconcile that your body is not really your body or like you, your mind thinks as a human and it thinks it should be able to experience certain things like drinking and eating and um, the feeling of touch and stuff like that. Like you are mm-hmm. expecting that to happen. The consciousness is expecting that to happen. And if it doesn't, the mind breaks down and does not allow it to happen, which causes the cognitive disorders, which breaks down and they die from it. So that's so- a fun thing that- Real quick on there, actually two things. First off, uh, easy way for those who are thinking about this or who might not be following. It's the same concept as if you had a limb transplant or an organ transplant. Your body rejects that transplant. Your brain, it's just mm-hmm. a psychological comp- It's just the psychological version of that. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it actually begs the question uh, that I find really interesting on what is the self and what is memory. Uh, this is a very important thing to consider with regards to exoscience. The other thing, too, that I actually kind of bring into the fold for the DER argument is, <clears throat> is it the brain, and this is kind of a more sinister um, interpretation of what's going on, but, you know, Sinister talking about this brain, never. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Beard, I know this kind of tags into what you were talking about with Blade Runner, because Blade Runner, um, you know, that wasn't the first time that they explored the concept of a psych- psychological um, entity that was not human necessarily, but just a, a mm-hmm. self sentient or self aware uh, entity rejecting its own self because it was at odds with the reality of which it existed. I mean, we, we have this in cognitive disorders in humans today without exos. Uh, anytime you, you hear someone taking a, talking about a psychotic break, that's exactly what this is. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the, the more sinister thing that I was reading into it is, is it the hum- is it the brain reacting to the, the false body or is it actually the brain reacting to false memories? Mm-hmm. Is it the human the, the the human brain finding that you know finding these memories and and recognizing them as foreign and trying to, right. to trying to uh, reintegrate them? Because so you know basic psychology one hundred and one, um, everyone's mind. When when you perceive the world around you, you perceive the world as normal. Uh, mm-hmm. It it's just that's just basic 
psychology 101. Your your world, everything that exists in your world makes perfect sense to you. Um, it doesn't. A crazy person doesn't necessarily recognize themselves as crazy. They recognize other people as crazy, right? Uh, right. And th- and this is this is exactly what's happening in a disassociative state. Is your brain is trying desperately to connect the dots, to connect the the points of which you have these these disconnected points. Hence the word disassociative. Mm-hmm. And so if you're if you're experiencing something akin to disassociative exo what is it exo mind rejection, exo is mind it, rejection yeah. It's like my my initial response is that it's actually not rejecting the exo body, it's rejecting the exo the memories that are trying to be implemented into the individual. And it's this mm-hmm. it's this it's a very popular trope in science fiction also in the concept of the debate of free will versus programmable will. Uh, you see this a lot of times when you start talking about science fiction in which human individuals are input into machines, um, you know, and uh, one of the the things that just is always there is the human the human sense of self wants to be free. You know, it wants to have its own control. And so that's where in, you know, in again, going back to Blade Runner, that's why Rachel and the more advanced forms of the replicants, though they're not replicants because now that's stuck in my head, but the more advanced <laughs> androids, sorry. no, no, it's fine. It's, I mean, it works, <laughs> uh, but the more advanced forms of those, of those entities, that's why a lot of them don't realize that they're robots. Actually, Asimov, you know, we talked about Asimov in the positronic brain at the start of the show. Asimov explores this concept in a way to get around the third the three laws. He has androids who are convinced that they are actually human and therefore they are not bound by the three laws. However, when they realize that they are androids, which is kind of the point of his short stories is that that um that psychological tension of realizing that everything you know in your world is not actually the way it is they're suddenly bound by them and that also usually is you know usually precedes a catastrophe of epic proportions in in the story but you know that's that's where i kind of get the der sense i i'm i'm actually seeing it as a psychological banging against banging your head against the wall and i'll go for it go for it sorry i i'll just i'll ramble on this for hours it's well, an easy topic to talk justin had something and first and then i wanted to jump in with something as well sure. okay uh i actually think uh a contributor to disassociative exomind rejection actually might even be on the hardware side of things as well um and that, and all that, of I us that, yeah all of us uh have a sense that that we're really not even all that aware of that um, helps us to associate ourselves with ourselves. And it is called proprioception. I don't know if you've if, if you ever heard about this one, that's, but this is how you know in a dark room uh, where your foot is. Like, how do you know where your foot is? Like, you're not touching it with your hands. You're not seeing it with your eyes. You're not you know, hopefully not tasting it with your mouth. <laughs> you don't know where your foot is, right? But you have tiny receptors in, in your nervous system called proprioceptors. They, they constantly give your brain uh, uh, data on the, the angle of joints, the, um, 
the the tension of muscles, the the, the kind of the awareness. yes, it 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 is very much a spatial awareness tool for your body, and if you can imagine being awakened, being awakened in a very limited exo, um, in, in a very limited exo body that is that is not capable of, you know, of of giving you all this uh, positive feedback as to as to your your being um you can imagine how this would be lead to a very disembodied um you know just uh sense not yeah it's, you it's, see it's it, not a very you see good, it a lot it's not a very good we way talk, to wake up right well we talked about that actually with the prosthetics right and how yeah. they were they were kind of getting around that that problem with cybernetics um, that's exactly the problem with cybernetics is that sense of where's my leg. And that's where you get the concept of like ghost pains and, you know, the ghost yeah, limb, the, the ghost limb symptom pain. or phantom, phantom limb. That's yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly what's happening there. Um, and that's where, uh, that the Ted talk that we, that we discussed, uh, what episode was that? That was pretty recently. It was yeah. the concierge files. Oh, yeah. was it the concierge files? And- okay. I, I honestly think that that is a, a pretty strong contributing factor to needing, you know, when they when they talk about um, the fact that they needed to put human emotions into mm-hmm. into I, I think that that was actually needed to um, make the consciousness be invested in its own existence. I like, can see that. I can see that. That, that sense Absolutely. of that sense of self-interest is what it needed because it, the early exos you can imagine didn't have the level of sophistication and haptic feedback and, and, and things like things like that, that, that the new ones probably do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you can imagine that early exo exo minds probably needed to be coddled a lot more than, than well, the ones yeah. now. I could totally mm-hmm. see that in development cycles of technology in general too. You see that, yeah. you know, as, as you know, beard, I think mentioned it too earlier is, you know, we build an XO or we, if like, in this world, we build an XO and then, Oh, Oh, that that went wrong. Um, we need mm-hmm. to do that differently next time. It's, it's trial by error, which when you're dealing with human consciousness is a little bit Sucks. of a touchy, a little bit of a touchy subject because, mm-hmm. Error translates into "Hey, that's involuntary manslaughter." Um, <laughs> unless it isn't, in which unless case, it unless it unless it was like uh, or, unless it's a volunteer, right? Who owes you a lot of money? An indentured servant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm thinking of SCP situations here. Yeah, now for anybody yeah. that right. the SCP Foundation, but yeah, I'm um, curious something as far as related back to DER something i don't know if we've even heard since d1 has there mm-hmm. been any mention about the deep stone crypt because that used to be the big yes. topic. winter's guile we, winter's guile con- winter's guile confirms winter's guile that- always, oh it's always but like the most forgotten card ever i feel so like it's such amazing a shame. so it's there's so good so there's two things that stand out to me for winter's guile uh really that are like direct con- confirmations uh, one of one of them is exos are fully consciously aware of the deep stone crypt. Um, now, where we kind of get into the gray area is the ghost fragment 
or what is it? The Legends Mysteries card, the Deepstone mm-hmm. Crypt card. And even in that card, though, the Exo who is speaking kind of mentions that, oh, yeah, no, Exos know about it. We just don't talk about it unless you get us, quote yeah. unquote, drunk. Um, the other thing that Winter's Guile, like, unequivocally confirms, and anyone who has connected, you know, the other miscellaneous cards together, kind of, I mean, this is an assumption that everyone kind of already had, but it's a direct confirmation that Exos and the Deepstone Crypt and that entire scenario existed before Ghost. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, again, if you if you have plotted a basic timeline of the Grimoire, you're it's not that shouldn't come as a huge surprise. But the Ghost flat out calls it like the mm-hmm. the uh, Felwinter's Ghost pretty much just says, "Oh, that was before my time." Um, Can we talk about that card just a bit? Because yeah, really I'd love to talk about that card. A lot of ways. Yeah, Winter's Guile is like one of my favorite cards to talk about. Not not only does it include like my favorite of the, of course the the Iron Lords themselves, but like Winter's Guile is just fantastic. Such a good card. Um, you know what? Let me get to a safe spot here in like five seconds, and I will read it for you because I really like this card. <laughs> characters in this card there is an exo and a ghost yeah it's not just any exo oh i know he's buried in like a bad part of town (laughs) (laughs) that's the clicks that you hear in the background is him is him uh pulling on to a side street Mm -hmm. okay that's that's exactly what it is that is it isn't fireworks that is if nessus had a side street um (laughs) all right so again, uh, hey, you want to do that thing you never do? Oh, yeah, we have that. What does the text say? So this, again, is uh, Winter's Guile. It is uh, one of the newer uh, exotics from Destiny Year One. Uh, it is from Vanilla, uh, and it is one of the most OP Warlock gloves ever. Uh, moving on. The... Uh, piece about this though is you're going to hear keep in mind the two uh people or two characters that are within it again uh and keep notion of uh what said characters say back and forth between each other we could make that easy and just have two different people read it i mean if you if you want to if you want to go that way that's fine um who's going to be my ghost i haven't been in a good old-fashioned ffc Audio grimoire in a long time. <laughs> Justin could be your ghost. Oh, yeah. you could be be my wingman anytime. All right. Uh, yeah. Let me get it up. <laughs> oh, crazy! Click, 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 click. He, he put there a link go. in your chat for you. There you go. I'm not using it because I'm difficult. Um, of course you are. <laughs> uh, so. You would start. I would start. Okay. You are starting. <clears throat> uh, this is Winter Sky. Listen to me very carefully. They're coming for you. They'll ask you for a name. Your name is Felwinter. I don't think that's my name. I don't. I I know. Say it anyway. Why can't I remember my name? I always remember my name. Something's wrong. Was I damaged in crypt processing? I don't know anything about the Deepstone Crypt before my time. 
What the hell are you? You don't trust me? No. You will. You're a very presumptuous little drone. What makes you think that? No one else will help you. It's kill or die out there. <laughs> you will. You <laughs> I will. Love, I love the. <laughs> I have a whole new. I have a whole new level of respect for Fellwinter's ghost now. Uh-huh. Oh, I know. Like I, I try to it's figure a, out like who is. It's more a killer in- die world out there. Mm-hmm. It's so, like who's so, who's more little, inquisitive by the end of it? Is it Fellwinter or his ghost? I don't know. Uh, little did you know, Fellwinter's ghost was actually Headley Lamar from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was trying to place. I was trying to place where the the voice was coming from. That is awesome, <laughs> Lordy Lou. Well, before I start singing the song and we get a copyright claim, <laughs> you know. Okay, so there's a couple things that stand out in the card. Fell Winter doesn't know his name is the first one. He recognizes that he doesn't know his name. He recognizes that he doesn't know his name. Plus, was I damaged in crypt processing? Crypt processing by itself, then ghost fills in the blanks. Deep stone crypt, which is like, wait a second. If you don't know, why did you say the whole thing? Like, Like, that is very weird. Now, add to this that uh, in, I believe it is EXO, I think it's just in the EXO card explaining it, uh, EXO are a mystery even to themselves, and only ghosts seem to have the the knowledge to repair them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a, a very key point to kind of keep in mind when you start talking about EXOs, I think, as a whole, especially when you start comparing them back to ghosts or something. Green, help me before I keep going down this tangent, because you know exactly where this is going. Right. Um, so the whole, okay, Justin, you help them. You got the, you got the, end. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, um, there, there was, there was talk of why does he not know his name, but know that he does not know, know his name. And then, then also uh, doesn't have any problem with what crypt processing is and, and all this Actually, the way memories work is it's not black and white. It's not like you remember something or you don't remember something. Your your memory centers, your brain are actually quite complex. And you store um, different engrams of a memory in different centers of your brain. So you'll actually have the same memory redundantly filed multiple places inside your inside your brain. Um, a good, a good example of this is, is actually from my real life. When I was about 10 years old, I I had a really high fever and I ended up with something a lot of people don't even, you know, ever think is really a thing, but I actually had amnesia. Like I had a super high fever. They got really scared. They took me to the hospital and, um, I was in the hospital for like a week or something. I can't remember, but, um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) essentially I'm laying in this bed and the doctor's asking me who all these people are. And I, for some reason, I remember my grandmother and she, they're asking me who she is. And I know that she's my grandmother. I just cannot tell you her name. Hmm. So, 
the memory is is somehow fouled up and it's not so much the memory as it is my retrieval of it well, um it's also the location of where those certain memories are because exactly. a singular, singular memory like that has many locations when the, within the brain like you're talking about yeah. you can remember the site of her but assigning the name yeah. maybe in a different part of the brain well and Just also to- i could i could assign her title but i could not assign her name which i knew which I know. So, the, just to add a quick name to this as well, think about Banshee as a whole and how he recovers certain memories but doesn't recover others. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. to, to throw that out there. So I just I threw that story in there so that the next time I forget to do something for Blue, he will be a little bit understanding. <laughs> no, no, he won't be. What? I don't huh? think he will either. No, he's a he's a slave driver. We all know it. It's fine. Look, the program doesn't allow me to have empathy. Okay. <laughs> oh god! Oh, best it's thing just it's that. just it's just the Isn't way I'm programmed, right? Tell I'll, Anna uh, I'll, to fix I'll it. remember that when I Tell... when I drink too much beer next time. <laughs> Tell Anna to fix it. <laughs> but okay, so Felwinter, he he always remembers his name. So Deepstone Crypt is a good enough program that he always remembers his name. Hmm. Well, and I think been... I think that goes back to also the concept of what got damaged in the collapse, right. and what and what the interaction with light and you know the exo mind, which we saw in Cade's journal. Uh, Cade makes the comment that you know light gets in there and kind of jacks things up, and if yeah, you that's everything up. that's where I was kind of drawing a connection at the start of the show too with the idea that you know if. We understand the exo mind to be based around the concept of an ingram uh, because of the yeah. data storage capacity, and the ingram was kind of a a deviation of our understanding of light um, from you know the the uh, bah, 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 what word am I looking for the information that Willa Bray you know found through the mm-hmm. relic crystals and everything like that. That would explain why when a Exo is resurrected, as we see here with Felwinter, why memories kind of get jumbled. And, you know, I, I think that I think that goes a long way to explaining that little bit of a mystery. And at least in my my theory, I think that goes a this, bit to explaining that. This also explains why Felwinter doesn't have a number. Well, well that part neither that does Ashraven. And that's yeah, t- I was take say, neither does Ash Raven. Now, uh, uh, Teshlanth, I forget what the name is now. It's not, uh, it's not Taiko. Oh, it's not Taiko. Oh. It's, no, it's not, I always forget her. Ariana? I always, yeah, no, 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 it's, uh, Ash Raven's actual name. Yeah, there, oh, it's, uh, it's gosh. on Ego, uh, Ego, uh, the Ego Raptor Trespass? thing. Oh, um, arrows. it's the ship. Um. Eco Raptor, I think, yeah. So, but yeah. with this one, it would explain it because if all the other guardians are able to, once they're resurrected, to remember their name, because maybe this isn't the case with every one of them, or the ghost, like, okay, maybe they're able to remember the name, Cade 6 or Taiko 3, Ariana 3, but the ghost is assigning the name to the new guardian as mm-hmm. the winter. Right, and I think I think that may you know I I I don't know I kind of took that as this might just be this ghost. 
Tanasha yeah. three by the Tanasha, way. that's what I, well, I wasn't too far. I off. will never remember that I won't, name yeah, ever. I, I have no same. idea why. Hey, I got the number right, which is there's a lot yeah. of exos with three, actually, now that I'm thinking about that. Yes. But um but I th- I kinda took it as a unique quantity of this particular ghost. I don't I never mm. got the sense necessarily that because like Anna, Anna Bray got her name from her medical ID card, which I love the mm-hmm. fact that they actually kind of subtly explain that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Cade has his journal. Uh, Shinobu had a Shinobu had a journal. Had a journal. Um, like Trend, there, Shinobu wasn't a wasn't an EXO, but it's just for like memory. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah recollection yeah. Right, in that respect, right. just to um, highlight why that's important. But yeah, so like I mean, and and so there's that. Um, Shiro Saint fourteen. Well, and Saint fourteen, I don't know. Like Saint fourteen, I still am like, is that actually his name? Because seriously, seriously, someone was really I mean, unimaginative as a parent. I'm gonna say he's he's up to the, his fourteenth iteration technically, and granted, he comes from the future anyway, so you know it's fine. See Beard's video about yeah. anyway. He's perfect, right? <laughs> he's he's a future perfect yeah. man. Um, yeah, he's he's kind of like paradoxical or something in a perfect manner. Mm-hmm. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> you say my dad jokes are bad. No, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Hashtag green jokes. <laughs> it's going to be hang a on, thing. Hang on, Joker. And you say my jokes are bad. Oh, my. Let's not throw Joker into this. All right, that's uh, fine, I guess. So... We've talked about DER, we've talked about Deepstone Crypt, we've kind of, sort of, talked about the progression of the technology as far as frames to exos, which is still mostly a theory, right? We don't have any in part, we don't have any written text, we have inferences based on We know of that things. they might have had, like, similar structural integrity behind them, if you will, as like a... A oh, between the for the outside exoskeleton, yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah, I you're think talking, that's about where like the, the connection between the frames and the mm-hmm. exos. Yeah, yes. I mean, yeah. I and yeah, I, as... I don't. I, I mean, to be clear, I wouldn't be surprised, but mm-hmm. I just think that it's it it is something that needs to be you know clearly stated that that wasn't that's not a a confirmed connection. Though, I mean, again you know, kind of going back to what Justin was saying, you know, and we were saying earlier, the the development of technology, it would kind of make sense that, you know, mm-hmm. oh, hey, look, we have frames uh, and we need something mechanical to put a human body in. Hey, let's, mm-hmm. you know, jury rig this into yeah. into working. No, yeah, you, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. You you couldn't, there, there's no amount of, arguing you could do to to convince me that the development of frame technology had absolutely no impact on the development of exotechnology uh, exotechnology right yeah yeah that that would be like saying that the that the ipod had zero um influence on the development of the iphone like it right. would it would make no sense i mean both are garbage but <laughs> I like I mean, that dig. Don't like don't tell don't bit. tell Noseworthy that. <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, the, not, okay. not not to sow an apple of discord, but um, <laughs> God, here's uh, a here's a question for you. Do we have 
an example in lore of the first real uses of an exo body via proxy through the Vex network and the Ishtar group. Yeah, Ghost I Fragment mean, Exo Four is that Vex first four, iteration of XO, it, or like a? Oh, yeah, but first see, I would argue though that's not. I mean. They're proxying into frames, which again, I'm not. I don't think that means that that's an EXO. I, I, I no. really, I think you need to draw the distinction there between an advanced frame, maybe, and a proxy frame. You know, mm-hmm. which again goes back to the conversation we had earlier about uh, the upgrade of the Warset network and the need for yeah. you know real time data transference. You know, because that's that's where I see it being led. I don't. I don't. I mean, but. That that all being said, I kind of am going to double down with Justin on you can see that being a connection in the progression of an exoscience right. development, um, though it also should also be noted that that's not Clovis Bray that's doing that that proxying. It's Ishtar Collective, it's Ishtar. which wasn't right, which, which was kind of a competitive also- yeah, it, it doesn't it really have, matter who's doing the proxying, though. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like the technology to Rasputin, wise. Though. It did yeah. have they did have access to Rasputin because Rasputin was the war mine that That's helped true. them do that. Yep. So it's not like they're completely separated from each other. They yeah. may be I, slightly competitive, but they yeah. are. Mihailova taught it well. well we we get some confirmation on like how far they they each like to go because it does seem like Ishtar and Clovis are working together, but insofar as they do not share uh, secrets, which basically <laughs> would come down to they don't Ishtar doesn't send out uh, Vex technology and Clovis doesn't send out Hive technology. That's mm-hmm. about how that seems to read to me. Yeah, anymore. I can totally agree with that. Yeah, but Elsie. Was able to get technology from Ishtar, or get the technology to Ishtar, because Elsie Bray was the one who. But Elsie, Elsie was also the one that was trying to get away, because she was trying right. to escape. So I think that there might be some, you know, degree of well, possible corporate corporate espionage going on there as well. There was reason for her to escape because well, she found a means that was necessary to actually have Hive and Vex. Uh, Right, right. That's what, but I mean, that's what I mean. Is like, was, I think that's her she, reason for running. I think that also goes to you know goes to the fact of her running because it you know mm-hmm. exactly what you guys are saying. The, the corporation, those two corporations, if you want to call them corporations, I mean, I know Clovis Bray is. You might be able to argue that Ishtar isn't, though I yeah. debate that. But those two definitely are aligned with Vex and Hive. You know, those they're yeah. you know, like Beard was saying, and I can see Elsie kind of being that's the reason why Willa is so, you know, hell bent on finding Elsie yeah. in in the car that she's you know trying to sneak around and trying to get out of uh get out of uh, what is it Futurescape or yeah. well yeah I think it was Futurescape that she was trying to escape. Um, right. I think that might be you know. A, a possible reason exactly why Elsie was being hunted the way she was being hunted is because she had figured out exactly what you guys were just saying is a, a, um, a way to marry up those two foreign technologies. And, you know, obviously Clovis Bray's not going to let that one slip away. Mm-mm. Speaking of like the technologies, we know of certain experiment experiments within Clovis Bray, as far as like the Ciba tech, 
do you think that we went from Ngram to Civitech to Exo? Or I'm trying to like I know timeline like time of development. Ev- right. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, uh... I kind of consider Siva to be a separate entity. Like nanotechnology, yeah. nanotechnology, um, I mean, to kind of argue, nanotechnology is currently something that's going on. Like, right. we can arguably, I mean, what was it? Uh, oh, I was just reading um, Walmart. Walmart just bought a patent on robotic bees. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, there, it's it's nanotechnology is something that is completely plausible and completely doable today now whether or not you can get like nano nano nanobots you know that's that's a different debate but i don't think ingram um yeah i don't think uh ingram development necessarily would assist in reduction of physical size of the bots in a way as much as it would with the exo like the creation of a pseudo positronic brain um I'm gonna I, say, I don't know. I think, just like, so I, I think far that there's storage, so. right? Just yeah. so far as like storage, yeah. that would be the, the only thing. Like power. I would, yeah, I I would say that like in in that respect, engrams had to exist for the uh, exo to exist because of how much information is able to be stored inside of a human brain. Right now, all the same, we are effectively not able to utilize every piece of that information that's given to us as we uh. Also, it said at the top of the show there, but it is something that uh, at least needs to be considered for, like, how much of our hard drive kind of would be in existence there. And that's exactly what uh, what engrams would would kind of stand to fix, at least, in some regards. Uh, again, we're not sure about, like, Beckenstein limits or anything like that, if they right. got broken or anything, but it is just a matter of uh, of data storage. That being said, I don't think that SIVA has anything to do on the... Uh, the exo ends simply because they siva was not a storage type device it was a, a programmable piece of matter uh yeah, and it's it's siva executed to, siva executed yeah. exo stored can right. you can you give like i'm gonna oh, <laughs> justin let me let me get this real quick i have this is all theoretical by the way this is yeah. there's we really have no mm-hmm. way to know this but bear with me siva the way the siva mites are the um all sector mites really work is they reprogram and they diverge and build things, right? That is their whole purpose is to build and to I would, create. I would clarify. They don't reprogram. Mm-mm. They, they execute they don't, a program. They don't self- yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Just, just to clarify, you can reprogram them, but they can't reprogram themselves. Yeah, they are not they capable self. of self-program. They're, so, they're beholden to a master. That. That being said, within the EXO, engrams themselves, based off of what we know about them, they can store an immense amount of data. The more, um, the more difficult the piece of, of information that they're storing, the more rare the engram is, the more complex the engram is. An EXO is would be the like uber rare, absolute rare. <gasps> human human I, minds sorry, just had a thought. Hum, yeah. Uh huh. Human minds are immensely complex in the fact that we can assimilate new information and add new information into it based off of other things and create new bridges and new memories and stuff like that. Would it be 
theoretically possible for the SIVA-like technology to bridge over into the engrams to create a the positronic brain that can actually develop and store more things more like a human rather than just execute and assimilate based off of a very limited amount of space. You're getting into some very dangerous territory <laughs> I of know. Like how you would end up like having SIVA create memory and how a what? human being would no Not longer Siva be that se, human. But but that's exactly that. like that that's exactly Siva's well, directive is to but, uphold in that regard. But she's on to something there too because we well, there's, know, there's a we big know that thing the exos, that kills this unfortunately, but I'll I'll let you continue. Well, I was just going to say we know that exos repairs are foreign. Yeah. And so if you have a nanotechnology that is built into as a self-repairing component, that would explain somewhat how exos are I mean, it also explain how ghosts ghosts are able to easily help with repairs of exos even though they yeah. might not understand it if there's a nanotechnology not I'm not saying siva but I'm saying mm-hmm. if there's a nanotechnology component within the exo right. that allows for self repair that would make mm-hmm. I would I could see that making that I mean like I completely am on board with that um as far as like the siva construction um right i'm just i think it's more i mean it's getting into aspect. right i think i think that's getting into like the idea of building robots to build robots um mm-hmm. which i mean again not a foreign concept it actually makes perfect mm-hmm. sense i mean go look at any factory line and you'll see a robot building a robot like that's kind of what mm-hmm. happens um i don't yeah i don't beard what were you gonna say uh, the biggest thing that would kind of kill the idea, which at least in my uh, personal thinking would come down to time. Uh, mm-hmm. When we start to see a lot of the stuff about SIVA, especially with like sending it off world and everything, Rasputin even knows that it is something that's more experimental. Meanwhile, the Exos are not experimental. Now, right. you could easily have something where the next line of Exo was going to be something that incorporated SIVA, and perhaps Rasputin has that thought in mind but I would just have a really hard time thinking that they would both be together uh, only to have Siva be something that is a little on the, well, okay. on the well, but hang on, hang on real quick here's, on that thought here's... process though. Siva was experimental, but nanotechnology wasn't. Rasputin so, has nanotechnology to create the weapons that we get at his forge. Like right, the, right. But what I mean, uh, what I mean there is, um, what I'm saying is that the idea of having a nanotechnology component to repair the exos is not an un, is is not unreasonable. Whereas, I mean, yes, having Siva not, having yeah, Siva do it, I think would be right. the time con- the blah, 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 time constraint would be a problem. But having nanotechnology do it. Of the ones that we know are capable of recreating matter in that respect. Because Well, but I mean you wouldn't be you wouldn't be you wouldn't be recreating. You would be well, I mean, I guess it's it depends on what your definition of repairs are there, right? So let's think about like an arm gets blown off. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna have something that gets repaired by a nanomachine unless they have some means to recreate or replicate. And in that respect, the only one that really seems to fit that bill ultimately was Siva. So well, in that but, regard, but that's the other the thing, thing is, that I, would fight, I guess I my I guess my argument here is, I mean, yes, I understand what you're saying, and I agree. But I think mm-hmm. that also begs the question of what's what makes Siva Siva, right? 
why is it why is siva the only one that's capable of doing autonomy autonomy well but siva doesn't really have autonomy i think i was the the degree that i was arguing is i think it's the reprogram reprogrammability of siva whereas a Mm -hmm. basic nanotech you know you could have i mean and again going back this is all supposition here but you know that being said i think i could see a difference between a base nanotech that's like hey you're going to be housed in this unit and you're responsible for repairing this unit like i don't mm-hmm. see a problem with that and i don't i wouldn't classify and, that as as a uh, siva i would classify that as you know exoscience nanos purely just me going on okay what's the timeline of their inventions because we know a couple different inventions that clovis bray has had the idea that the nanotechnology i use siva because it's the most relevant easy thing that we can remember because it's the thing we had in rise and iron not everybody remembers what happened with the transmission crisis like not everyone remembers the nanobites that we had floating around our own heads which is a shame that we don't know that i know there was a call for it again today but um yeah the the idea is the technology and the lessons they learned in creating those those different nanites for the the brilliance magnificence i don't remember the other two's names and this what ended up fortitude fortitude they all had different effects and they all had different things and they were eventually able to quote unquote reprogram them or destroy them within the bodies and sort of fix the people ish. Maybe, mm. but maybe um, Did they? Right. <laughs> That's a, my favorite catchphrase right there. Did they though? <laughs> yeah, really. But it's the lessons learned in that project that could help develop the ability for exos to be able to function more like a human rather than a frame robot that does not have the ability to expand unless you're programming AI into every single one of them. Right. Right. And I think that also goes into the idea of that could be what's uh, the equivalent of the exo fluid. It could be, it could be, uh, you know, so uh, it wouldn't be vex milk, but it would be exo milk. So <laughs> what goes? What, uh, there's so much to unpack there. Um, so what goes? What goes into to a humans to humans adaptability and uh, to the human experience from a neurological level versus like, a computer? Yeah, versus versus a computer model. Like, what is the the defining trait that we can't seem to recreate with from a, the synaptic connections? Yes, exactly. It's uh, it's a dense. Yeah. It's a density. well. I was just gonna say. It's, oh, okay, it's you were gonna answer it. I thought you were. I thought you were asking yeah. the question. Oh yeah. Well, I was, and then I felt like I I could best answer it. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Uh, I was just gonna say it's it's not so much it's not so much um any any physical limitation it's it's a uh, a density and kind of the architecture of the synaptic mm-hmm. connections so right. um i don't feel like um i don't feel like siva is an advancement that has all that much bearing on the 
the self-awareness of the exo mm-hmm. now certain things like we're like we're talking about like um self-repairing and other things like that mm-hmm. i can totally see it but in terms of making the exo minds more human more more self-aware more sentient more autonomous mm-hmm. um and self-adapting i don't feel like siva's even a factor there i I feel like the to go back to get to go back to kind of a point that that brett grizzly was making Mm. is um that i think the ingram and the ingrammatic technology that that came out of the golden age had a much greater bearing on the development of the exo than something like nanotech Nanotech for me, unless unless I'm completely missing the boat, and this is not, you know, my field of expertise or anything, but unless I'm completely a much more physical measure that is um, projected on a much smaller scale, which I guess on a small enough scale, everything is physical, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't feel like nanotech has that big a bearing on, you know, Cade being Cade or Lakshmi being Lakshmi. I, I feel like it's much more a, uh, a function of a function of the architecture of, of the, you know, the, the, the AI, how it's structured. And I, I really feel like the Ingram and, Ingram technology had a lot more to do with that than. Oh um, yeah, I would Siva. agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's just the Clovis Bray is really good at using all their discoveries and all their other things, and it's just it was. It, this is one of those 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 inventions that you're like, okay, you see Ingram technology in there, but is there anything else that we know that Clovis Bray has done that would also Theoretically, there's no, again, this is all spin foil. Theoretically, influence the EXO and the development of it. So that's mainly what I was getting at. It, yeah, we got no, there I think eventually. It's a, I think it's a, a really good, good question, too. I, I, I mean, admittedly, with this much spin foil, it's all up. It's all, you know, open to debate. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't have anything else unless we want to talk more about specific exos such as exo stranger slash Elsie Bray and her her exoness. Yeah, you want to talk about a spin foil topic though. Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> spin foil topic that is spin foil no more, you mean? Yeah. yeah. There's still I too mean, much I mean, let's be honest here. This is still the way that Bungie does things. They reveal one thing, and all of a sudden, yeah, we just told you a name. But what does a name give you? Mm. <laughs> right. And honestly, we could do a whole, could do a really, whole episode of Elsie Bracebin Foil. We really could. Like, like who, who it is that she's talking to, how she oh, travels my through gosh. time, etc. How she steps. Like, all, yeah, like how she, she steps, going what through she time? does. Yep, I'm gonna say like so many different things that kind of like pan back and forth between. Again, you have a name, you have more of a, a supposition of who it is that is doing or uh, taking part in these events, 
but now how is it that she still does these things? It right. still doesn't answer those questions. Here's a question for you that we could theoretically throw out some spin foil on answer-ish. Didn't we already have enough of that? No, I'm kidding. We can when... never have enough spin foil. Yes. Beard has converted me completely. Um, when has... <laughs> When is Elsie Bray turned into an exo? Is it before she leaves Clovis Bray facility? Mm, it has to be before. Skate? It has to be or before. Is it, it doesn't, though. Because we mm. know that's the research facility. But is well, that where everything's made? Uh, or does I mean, she leave and then... Come back? I mean... Well, is there another facility that can make exos? I guess technically we... Theoretically, Maybe. there's Europa. Theoretically. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a heavy yeah, theory, though. Yeah, one that's backed up with, like, Cage Journal and everything, of course. But that's one of the only major ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I would say that it would have to be before she uh, left, uh, based on a couple pieces. And I know it's an interpretation and in, like, how you read it. Mm-hmm. One of the major things, though, for me is how we read some of the information based on or around um, the uh, the the reason it seems like the the EXO come to existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes back to some of the stuff that uh, that Blue and I were talking about yeah, on that's a post show not long. Yeah, it, it's this idea, and again, it, it could be that that headcanon is very strong in this particular case. Uh, but the idea and thought that, you know, the the hive are a xeno uh, species. They carry with them a very different type of uh, biology as well as uh, different uh, different uh, viruses, etc., that they have gotten used to that humans have not. Uh, and then suddenly, like, we crack open this, uh, this can of worms, and then all of a sudden we've got a bunch of... Uh, we, we have a need for exos because there's a strain or a virus that now exists that we were not able to predict or understand earlier. I do uh, have a bone to pick with that. Okay. You only do have one? Have in... oh, okay. I I mean, this is... I mean, I, I'm not, not being snarky. That's actually a surprise. Right. Like... <laughs> well, okay, yeah, I'm the contrary one in this episode for some reason, but... um. Yeah, I'm gonna say, who who is it that I'm supposed to be arguing with? I thought it was blue. <laughs> I mean, yeah. at least I do it with a smile, and I'm mostly nice about um, <laughs> I hope that that's the distinction that I get. That's the <laughs> yeah. can we, can we get that? Go poor blue. Can we get that on a t-shirt? I know. Yeah. <laughs> can we get that on a t-shirt? Don't argue. Can don't argue. Just... Don't argue can with blue. The... He's a, he's an a hole. No, that's not what I said. I said. At least I do it with a smile, and I'm mostly nice about. There's so many ways I could take that. Moving yep. on. Yep, after dark later. <laughs> yep. So the concept that the hive um, being underneath Clovis Bray had some sort of xenovirus that infected well, ish, maybe, theoretically. Well, the, like, the reason, yeah. so, so to clarify real quick, the reason why we were saying it's not that they had a xenovirus, it's because we know that that was the burial ground. So it was right. it wasn't the hive in so far. It was the fact that you're you're basically messing with the the uh, the equivalent of a, a, a sacred burial ground of right. I really don't want to continue down that comparison because I'm gonna right. get in trouble. So, but yeah, so it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't so much that like they got a they got a flu from the hive. It was so okay. much. It was the fact that there is a untold number of carcasses 
that they're building a, a facility on top of. And then, you know, this kind of deviates into standard science fiction tropes too. So they, they find a frozen, the... they find a frozen sample, you know, you know, agents are shielded and Tahiti is a magical thing. place. Again, you know. this is, this is all incredible amount of supposition just because we don't have any examples of the, the workers mentioning anything about this. It may have been just like super, super top secret then because the workers are more afraid of Willowbray and have the, like, I'm thinking the 18 degree Kelvin right, mm-hmm. gun, right? That's They're afraid of Willowbray, but no one's mentioned anything in any of the cards that were workers about the hive. Except for the fact that we know that Elsie uh, understands stuff about the Vex and so on. Uh, yeah, the Vex themselves are also a... And Rasputin's building yeah. weapons for threats that we don't know about. Right. I mean, so, if Rasputin I, is I, if Rasputin is researching an alien life form, and it's you know, like you said, it's not being spread around, then that would explain right there that he's building weapons to combat the hive. But you know, the average worker might not even know that the hive exists. Additionally, you have it where we see a. Uh a virulent lack, if you will, of people that are, like, there for uh, for the ideas of, like, Hive and so on, um, as kind of Blue was just getting done talking about, uh, just for the simple fact that, like, most of the, uh, the cards that we have to reference, what are they in reference to? They're in reference to combat snow gear. Mm-hmm. So you've got a few of these uh, guys that are actually like on point that are on this facility that are building this stuff, but in all actuality and eventuality, they are building stuff that they think is going to be there for any other purpose or eventuality that may uh, drop down on uh, humanity's head. You know, they're following in the examples of what Rasputin is basically telling them or working with them on. Additionally, one of the biggest things that I kind of have on this angle that continues to make me think that it's the case is the fact that Elsie is able to work with this technology and she is able to play around with most of the stuff that is built into it. Again, we know that the Vex kind of exist, but we also know that the Vex are not something that was made public knowledge. Additionally, the Hive could basically be in the same exact position. In that regard, if you end up releasing the idea or availability to the public to simply suggest that there is an alien species at that point that probably doesn't look so good, that is probably going to shoot us and kill us, uh, they're going to be a lot less willing to go even outside the stars or otherwise. Uh, And we wouldn't have these questions of, oh, we're in peacetime. Why do I need to bother making stuff for peacetime? And that's how you get weapons like the Kvastov that are more of an example of art than they are about actually getting the weapon together and utilizing it properly. Uh, So again, that's why I kind of hold graphly to this theory only because of the the simple fact that I think they are... uh, Clovis is, again, hiding something away from uh, the overall uh, public when you start to uh, dabbling into... um, yeah, goodness. When you start dabbling into the buildup uh, to like how the hive are there, what it is that they're researching, or otherwise. Uh, but yeah, that's that's why I kind of hold to this theory as heavy as I do. That and they keep getting compared to Waylorn and 
I mean, well, I gotta say, when I you mean, put like, it, when you put when, things when you, like Wayland Utani and, yeah. and freaking Tyrell Corporation behind it, yes, of course, I'm gonna start thinking about Xenoscience per that point. Right, and that's where the like, Xenoscience. I mean, that 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 was you know where a strong part of this this kind of topic even started was the Xenoscience, the 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 use in the Alien series. I mean, the entire problem in Alien series was because humanity got curious and started poking into things that didn't need to poke into, which again, right. science fiction trope to the to the nth degree. But, you know, that's that's where a lot and that and that was, you know, and that could have been a throwaway comment, of course. But that's where, you know, to explain where the spin foil kind of got, I guess, seeded uh, to grow into the the monster that it is, was that was kind of where it got. And at least for me, that's where it kind of got started was you said that and it was like, oh, okay, we can go down this path. Like this path is. Oh, yeah. This path is really interesting. And then, of course, you have the emphasis of necromancy, which, you know, we've we've <laughs> debated. Right. But I mean, we've debated what that means inside the hive. And the only thing that that kind of, you know, keeps coming back to is, well, you need a grave like these. These are dead hive that have been abnormally ripped back into life. That's the definition of necromancy. And so then, well, what, why is that important? And then, you know, you have Clovis Bray, the question of like the whole question of Zol and Nocris being there. It's like, how did they not know? Oh, wait, what if they did know? And they, that's why they were there. You know, it's just the whole chicken and egg conversation again as well. Mm -hmm. Just to, just to kind of put a little bit of logic into the illogical spin foil that I know that is that it is Mm -hmm. it is it is other spin foil which is but it is a logical one that it's just one of those that i i still have a hard time with because i haven't seen hints of it besides the fact of the location of where clovis bray's futurescape is Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and it's also admittedly from the two brains that probably overthink everything (laughs) so i'm completely okay with this being. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I mean, do, look, we overthink things with fact. Okay, <laughs> okay. I do want to bring up one question I've seen pretty frequently this week, or at least one statement or idea I've seen a lot this week because mm-hmm. of everything we know about Cade Six. Um, right. The idea that we see Cade Six. Spoiler, by the way. Spoiler for like the next. I don't know how long. We'll at this point, at this point, here, is what? it really is it really a spoiler? Well, is really a point? spoiler? It, I mean, I don't it, think that's a it's spoiler. not out yet, so I'm going to spoil it. Well, it's, but I mean, it's, it's a uh, if anyway. you're living under a rock, uh, yeah. it's so hard yeah. to miss this. If spoiler alert! See just, Twitter if, cry. For spoiler alert! If you if you have an RSS feed that you get this from, you probably are aware of this already. But yeah. Yeah. so eight six dies. Um, <laughs> the, the fact we see him get shot in the promotional trailer that was released, there's been a lot of theory thrown around. Oh my god! Theory, which no. granted, we have confirmation from Bungie that he is dead or well, will be we, dead. Mm, okay, but I'm gonna confirmations let you from confirmations from confirmations from Bungie are not always like solid forever and that's and that's a valid point that no that 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 statement i don't have a problem with the the thing that i'm bringing up is the idea that 
Will Cade 6 be wiped and we will get Cade 7? No. I've seen this concept so much no. this week. No. Will we get an access to no. Deepstone Crypt? Okay, we could get access. So so here's here's the only way I could maybe see this happening. And this is like me being super, super stretchy on details. Is like if there is some way in which they twist the well, and and to be fair, they wouldn't be twisting it because they haven't actually explained this. But if we get an explanation of Deepstone Crypt as a digital storage house of the the self, mm-hmm. but it's it won't be Cade. That's the thing. Is like. If if we find a digital copy of Cade Six or whatever, you know, and we reintroduce him into a new body or you know however you want to spin this, unless there's an uplink somewhere within the Deepstone Crypt and the Exos that it is attached to, like sans that you're not going to get a Cade Seven. Now that being said, is it possible? I mean, I guess sure. Well. Anything's possible in science fiction, though. So you know, in to be fair, our, in the in the like the the kind of the photo that's the thumbnail for the Forsaken, it doesn't show a guardian carrying Cade, though. Mm-hmm. Well, it's believed to be a so, guardian. To be clear, yeah, yeah, just a. It's a. It's a. I cloaked, can only presume, it's a cloaked figure. It's it's a hunter. Carrying Cade is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. It's and, a hunter that looks a lot like Shiro. Let's put it right. Yeah. Way. Well, let, let's just say right now, like well, that could be the you Vanguard. Could drag, too. You could drag Cade somewhere, and if we're talking, if we're talking a, a medium for data transfer, like mm-hmm. that, that can be arranged. Like that's not the problem. I don't think that's the problem. If if you go back to the positronic brain, mm-hmm. um, if it's a hardware issue, it's it's, it's solvable. But exactly. I don't, I, I don't it's, think it's my it's point. The positronic brain is is a volatile. It's it's volatile memory. Mm-hmm. Is it it needs it needs a charge across it to to uh, to sustain the all that information. Mm-hmm. Um, the architecture isn't static. I guess is what I'm saying. So right. It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough without the without the ghosts to to constantly recreate and transmit the, 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 you know, not, I don't want to say physical, but the, the actual, you know, effects that make him, him, uh, it's just going to be tough. So I'm going to go ahead and say he's dead from a, yeah. From a storytelling standard, Cade, not necessarily Cade, but somebody needs to die. Someone needs mm-hmm. to die from a storytelling perspective someone, because someone it needs, needs to, to add die. weight. And yes. this is this is a conversation I think I had over on Twitter too. It's like, look, I'm not saying I want it, but at this point it needs because right now we are in a we are it's it's a um it's the same thing as Chewbacca dying in Star Wars, right? In the expanded universe. <gasps> in the expanded the, universe, Chewbacca what? dies and everyone loses their minds. Like everyone was pissed. R.A. Salvatore was getting death threats and, you know, all this stuff. Okay. And mm-hmm. this was an expanded universe. And this is exactly what was happening was basically uh, Skywalker Ranch realized that the story was losing interest because they knew that the heroes would always survive. 
Right. Yeah. You know that That's, the hero is always going to walk away. It it suddenly, you know, it it's not that it gets it, it's not that it removes the fun, but it lessens the impact of what's being told. And yeah. so now what that this is the, doing, what this is doing is this is sledgehammering back into your brain the fact that no there nothing is safe this is a world full of danger and you know that that to me is an excellent tool can it be overused yeah look at game of thrones for god's sake it's like every other character you don't get attacked you you get desensitized to it and that's i mean that's overuse but to be fair to bungie and their writing team what major character has died in the past five years in Destiny? Mm-hmm. Like, there hasn't been uh, one. Yeah. I mean, that, well... No, you know, but I mean, seriously, there fair. hasn't been a major a major character on our side that has died. There has been... Well, to be fair, though, it's, it's not a died. game... It's not a game of, of NPC-driven narrative. Right. Well, and no, and, um, and that's and that's true. And there's also the added component of you know like the whole immortality with guardians, and and I get that. And that I that agree is, with you though. That is that on. is definitely you know seen in the the um, jovial manner, the graveyard humor that you know a lot of guardians have. They they don't care. I mean, that's the whole you know dispute between the reef and the city. For God's sakes, is because of that attitude, and how mm-hmm. the awoken have mm-hmm. no concept of it, but. That isn't to say, I mean, you, you have stories of Andal and, you know, that devastated the city. And so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm like, I would, so if they don't kill him permanently, they need to make sure that it is really well written, like really um, well explained. I will say this. I will say this. I'm not a gigantic fan of killing my favorite character in the whole franchise, but, um, the one way the one way that I will be okay with this from a storytelling perspective, I want to see the strains that this puts on the interpersonal relationships. I want to see Zavala break. I want to see Zavala break. I want to see Ikora. I want to see, I want to see the fire team. I want to see, and and to be fair though, to be fair, we have seen that. We've seen the strain that they did with the entire intro where they got, they got their guardianship ripped away. And I think that's where, I think that's where I'm really I'm actually excited to see the 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 uh, seeds of discord because you know we're getting introduced into this world where the vanguard is not such a you know we we've been Destiny 1 the vanguard was always kind of this portrayed as this pristine thing and mm-hmm. I mean they had they had their ups and downs but as a whole they were good well Destiny 2 came around and there's not so many good like there's there's debatable events Mm -hmm. and now you know and then we also had the component of like the actual psychological turmoil of you know zavala losing his mind over you know his loss of guardianship ikora questioning what it means to be a guard you know like all this stuff was happening and we already had that psychological like trauma introduced and so i think that's where i'm hoping that we see a lot because that is going to also show you character development. You know, that's where you see yeah. 3D dimensional characters being developed and introduced. Now, all this being said, Cade being killed happens really, really early in this update. Well, Bungie 
it it happens in the trailer, but it apparently happens a little bit later. It does happen in the first mission, but it doesn't it happen. Happens in the, like, yeah, it doesn't happen the way that it we see it. Also, correct. It is not the same exact camera angles and stuff like that. Not even the exact same characters around necessarily, except for obviously Aldrin. But beyond that, though. Bungie has got a lot of story left to tell besides just the vengeance story. And they can play around with a lot of different things and a lot of different ideas with this whole idea of being getting revenge on Aldrin and the Barons. There's a lot of room for them to work if Mm -hmm. they choose to go those directions. So theoretically, there could be a miraculous thing at the end where Cade comes back out and is like all buddy, buddy, like oceans 11 with Mm. Zavala, like we get at the end of the D or the red war, Mm -hmm. which I would be like, "Mm." I, I, I love Cade. I love Nathan Fillion as Cade. But if that happened, I would actually think it would cheapen the entire expansion. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say you can't. It removes the weight. That's why I think everybody. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think that's why everybody on this case of, oh, well, they're just going to bring him back is, like, dead wrong. Because Bungie, at this point, I think, knows better that if they did pull something like that, uh, they are, they're they're going to get just, just straight crucified for it. Like, there's no yeah. other way I can really put well, it. Well, it's just, uh, they it put just, would, I mean, like... Through it too. Well, there's, I mean, there's that, but there's also, like, the, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I go back to... Right just the the integrity of the story that they're trying to create i think would just right. be absolutely destroyed like i, I just personally so, I, I think that's just not yeah, the right on move. on the flip true. side of that though i really hope that this is a little bit more nuanced than kade is dead avenge cade at the end me? I think I, I can tell you that it is i you want yeah, me to tell I you that it really is i really will be surprised I, if it's not I because would there's really love for it to not be the snark that the snark flat. line that the snark line that he delivers when he dies is like mm. yeah not not even that though there have been some uh database entries that have popped up oh uh, yeah from well the journals that have possibly been out there uh well now there there's some additional stuff from like Andal that we hear of mm. uh, yeah, and I will not say was... much more than that yeah cuz that was dynamite yeah, and at that point, like if that is something that we are going to officially get in Forsaken, uh, then the tale of Kate Six is far from over, and that's oh, going to yeah. be the cool thing is like seeing it from a different perspective. And if anyone so, wants again, anyone why... wants to read those, uh, we actually have them collected. So mm-hmm. there, I yeah, mean, there, why... there's there's some good ones. That's why I still get this feeling like yes, we want to see. I, I have a feeling that Kate is like good and gone at this point. Like there's no way he's going to end up coming back. But mm-hmm. the the idea is that he is going to carry on throughout like the story. Otherwise, oh, it's there. Mm-hmm. Like they've got it. They've got it invested at this point. And again, if it is going to turn out to be anything like what they are uh, talking about right now or showcasing for us, I am I am all in. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Also, Yay. how's your sister? <laughs> uh, oh my goodness! Best yeah. closing line ever. Burn. Mm-hmm. 
Well, guys, you want to you want to wrap it up and uh, get some shout outs? Yeah, I think sure. at this point that's some uh, shout I some shout oh, outs. I know, beer. I, I, Justin's Justin's getting tired. I can it's, tell. It's past his bedtime. It's past you his know bedtime. What? I'm still. <laughs> I'm still here, Blue. <laughs> I'm still here. He can still hear you, Blue. Careful. <laughs> oh man, uh, Beard, what what do you got for us? Uh, this week, actually, I was uh, I was very, 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 very busy. Oh wait, that's nothing new for me. Never mind. Um, so the first thing uh, goes out to a guy that I'm not sure if he does uh, watch the show or not. Uh, I know that he watches my channel, uh, but it's a guy called the Gamertron. Uh, the Gamertron Show is a place that actually does like uh, video game critique and stuff like that, uh, reports on news, etc. quite a bit. Uh, but he actually had me on for a segment and has been somebody that I've wanted to actually connect with uh, further than what we've been able to between like channel comments and everything for a while. We sat and all of a sudden three hours went by. We'll put it that way. Nice. Uh, so it was it was very good to actually be able to sit down and talk with him uh, finally as just like a, a creator to creator, but more so like a, an acquaintance trying to get to, to know somebody else again. Uh, and that's one of the, for me, the best thing about doing content creation or otherwise, the most, uh, the, the best thing about it for me has obviously uh, been meeting everybody the way that I have. Like that, that has been the best part about all of it, uh, present company included. Uh, I would I would probably not be doing this all that often if it was, uh, you know, something where it was just like constant bickering or, or otherwise, I would be a lot less motivated. But the fact that I can meet these people that are either like-minded or even counter-minded to myself and we're able to have discussion, have discourse or otherwise, and better ourselves as people collectively... Uh, the fact that like Gamertron and I could just sit and talk for three hours without any uh, initial concept or uh, idea behind us, except for the fact that, hey, we've got some similar interests with each other, is just the best thing about uh, content creation or uh, being able to just talk to each other and be on the same level. So, big shout out to him. Uh, the second one actually goes out to uh, Xanafin. Uh, Xanafin actually had asked me to be on his, uh, that's not quite a podcast, uh, I think is what it's called. I feel, I feel terrible now because I can't remember the exact name. Uh, I will actually look it up. Oh, the drunk quick. lore one? Mm -hmm. The drunk lore one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the thing that he's been, uh, that he's been kind of pushing on for that one. Um, he's, he's had a lot of really good guests while you, while you're looking this up. He's had, yeah, I know he's I'm had gonna, a few. I'm the... trying to figure out a time to get on as well. Yeah, he's yeah. he's had some of the guys from DGS on it. I know Beard was on it this week. I was supposed to be on it last Saturday, but I had heat stroke, so I had to cancel. I promised him I would be on it after Guardian Consumption, so I'll be on there. Blue's getting on there. It's going to be a drinking, fun, spouting, random of lore time and i kind of want to talk to you beard about what you're getting what i'm getting into because i'm a little <laughs> scared oh uh let me uh let me tell you it's going to be a lot of fun hey um but it is uh he he's definitely gotten a very a very good set of people in uh they've had very good discussions and just uh the the same kind of thing though which is one thing that i uh that i kind of love about that show is just there's no 
as as much as I appreciate the more organized or tried to be organized uh, focus, no pun intended, of like what we have here uh, versus like what we have at barely or what they have over at barely a destiny show. It's just all here we are. Here's a small topic. Now ramble about it. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll give you a uh, a small like uh, pot or uh, a small preview into like what him and I had talked about because it's it was just the two of us. Uh, but we had started with, uh, just like, uh, getting to know each other, etc. And we had, uh, basically talked about Mass Effect and how that impacted each other, uh, each of our lives for probably a good, like, uh, 20 or 30 minutes. Just bouncing back and forth between, like, that and how, uh, that otherwise, like, changed the gaming space for us. Uh, nice. along with other gamings, along with, like, what our, what our preferred drinks are. Uh, and we didn't really get into the topic of discussion. It's like 45 minutes in. <laughs> I love those kind of conversations. Yeah. So it was, just, it's, it's a very, very laid back kind of show. Uh, expect some slurring because I, I'm, I'm, I, I was, I had bought a bottle of fireball, uh, that oh morning and I had actually gone through half of it, uh, by the time the show was over, <laughs> uh, What's terrible is is that after like two hours and carrying on the conversation for about three, uh, I still barely felt anything. Curse my Irish blood. Um, <laughs> but that's uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun little show. Uh, it's very different from this one, so you get to hear, uh, especially with uh, I know Green's going to reschedule sometime. You better. Uh, and I know Xanafin has actually talked that he wants to get all of us on there. So to hear it looks again, looks like a Ishtar Collective people are going to be on there too. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to be able to hear some uh, different. You're going to be able to hear some different sides and perspectives of the people that you that you like to hear from or or know within the lore community that you otherwise don't get to hear sloshed or or otherwise because that's the yeah. case with me. I try not to be drunk when I'm on these things. But when I'm told to be drunk on a podcast, I will I will do so. I look, Justin. <laughs> look, you getting tipsy is not the same as you getting drunk, okay? <laughs> well, speaking, speaking of, of which, that, speaking of which, Justin, do you have shout outs for us? Yeah, yeah, I do have some shout outs. First of all, I have shout outs to the cutest word ever, which is tipsy. Um <laughs> and uh um <clears throat> I would also like to dedicate my second shout out to the humble hot dog, not the sandwich. <laughs> um, oh my god, he's still uh, on it. <laughs> so, uh, also a serious shout out. Um, I would like to give a great big shout out to a uh, follower of the show who reached out to me on Twitter, Matt Grundy. Thank you for the amazing words. You helped turn around a cruddy turdy day and uh yeah no the sentiment is very much reciprocated basically he said i was awesome and i make his life much better so and you're funny <laughs> he's funny well poop on you poop that, on you that Jay. last that last part can be argued but, i um... what the the fart noise or uh, I guess. I mean, the tone sounded really off. Like, oh, maybe you should work on that a little bit. 
Mike, you're good. Come pe- on now. You're good people, Brett Grizzly. Um, hey, thanks for that. And, I got to show uh, you something after the show. Remind me that I have to show you something after the show. That segue sounds dangerous. Uh-huh. Uh, doesn't it? Totally. If you're a uh, if you're not familiar with the tweet, it's basically he said like uh, laughing at the show, like like helped him through some tough times, and and basically if you're if you're going through a tough time, find something to laugh at or someone. I don't yeah. care. Laugh at me. I don't care. Doesn't matter. Just get through. <laughs> Just get through. Yeah. Green. Okay. What about you? I have two shout outs. One is a another shout out to Mr. Kyle Nine with the awesome finding the the hidden message in plain sight as well as just being a good sport and being a really good guy. Uh the second one is an announcement another announcement about the July 7th Saint 14 project charity stream. Bungie Day. Where Hm? Bungie Day. Yes. Bungie. They are doing a Bungie Day stream. And quite a few different people on there. Bell's going to be on there for Bell Bunny. Cobb One's going to be on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys from uh, hand, gra- hand Grenades. Hand Why can't I say their podcast? Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. Thank you. Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. Elmer's going to be on there. Elmer Fudd's going to be on there. What? As well as Zanny Fan. Um, they're all going to be on there. There's quite a few other ones. Issa Cole's going to be on there. She's been... She was actually recently in Vegas helping with the first esports destiny tournament, yeah. which was yeah. really cool. I heard that went really well actually. Yeah, there was a after little a few bit, things. Yeah, yeah there was some, some things hiccups. that happened, but it all turned out all right and yeah. some some positive things came out of the whole tournament. And yeah. it's exciting. So yeah, I'm, the, I'm actually anxious for next year because I've already been weaseled into a couple of uh possible thoughts that are going on. Uh, I would probably suspect that for those that can't get down towards Florida for Guardian Con, uh, you will have an additional option. I will put I it that way. Heard I'm, that as well. It's not solidified yeah. yet. No, so. like take everything I just said with a grain of salt. But just the fact that you guys will have like a a second location to kind of work with, uh, just keep your eyes open for that in the future. That's right. all I'm going to say because I know that there is a lot going into that. Uh, in the background right now, uh, yep. especially being like, it, it's fun. Like people refer to me and talk to me about stuff, and I'm like, why are you doing this? They're like, well, you're respected in the community. I'm like, I am. What <laughs> happened? Hang on a second. If what? I'm the voice of uh, reason, but... we're in a dangerous spot. <laughs> exactly my thought. Thank you very much. But no, like I, I get to hear about like all these little bits and pieces that happen behind the scenes, uh, and and I. I only like to to state them for the sake of like getting information back to you guys and be like, hey, if you like conventions, keep your eyes on something, especially Destiny related. Uh, yes. So at that point, like this is this will be a big deal if they can get it going. Anyway, point over. Sorry to interrupt you, Green. No worries. Um, sorry, I was getting ready to type at somebody in chat because if they. <laughs> If Doom for Zombies sixteen zombies do sixteen does what he says in chat at Guardian Con, I am buying him a drink. Uh-oh. What did, hang on. I um, will buy you a drink, sir. So that you are my third shout out for being you, awesome uh, like that. You you got a shout on me too. I mm-hmm. I'm gonna be broke after this trip. Oh my god, god, yeah. But Guardian Con's so close, guys, two weeks. I know. 
Yes. All right. And then, of course, for a reminder, keep an eye out on social media for the questions for next week. We'll figure out one and get that out to you guys as soon as I possibly can. Um, And then also, yes, next week will be the Extra Lore podcast for Star Wars. We are running the Extra Lore podcast. poll in chat right now that's going to be reset this weekend and then as as everyone has said guardian con is what two weeks at this point so mm-hmm. we'll see you guys in florida and hope that hopefully everyone has safe travels there and has a as a blast of a time and we'll probably talk about it again next week so we're gonna run through an outro and then we'll stay around for a little bit of an after show With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to our episode archives can be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing partner podcasts within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. <laughs>